As a believer in Christ, we're called to follow after Jesus and go and make disciples. Upon this, we're called to be fully devoted and true. But what does that look like in our everyday lives, and what does this mean for the church? This is a podcast dedicated to teaching and discussion surrounding the subject of discipleship. Man, I'm so glad to be back. Hello, everyone. Podcast 13. Today I'm recording with my good friend and co-worker, Benjamin Webb. What's new, Ben? Well, not too much is crazy new. Uh, just enjoying the beautiful summer with my family, doing some landscaping work, and really enjoying being back and worshiping together as a church. Um, I don't know what it's sure. like being a preacher, but leading worship... Uh, and recording when there's nobody in the room mm-hmm. is a very unique experience. Yeah, someone said someone said to me last week, you're a little bit better in-house. <laughs> and and I thought, I don't know how to... Uh, no, it was meant as an encouragement. Believe me, it is way better to preach to people in-house than to a little teeny camera or whatever we, are, we have been doing. But you know what? Any way the word can get out. Um, is good by me. I'm glad we can do it in this way, Ben. Yes. If someone listening to this didn't know anything about you, what would you tell them in like 10 words? 10 words. Uh, well, I can't count and speak at the same time. <laughs> Not a good multitasker. Probably more than 10 words already. So, um, obviously, uh, based on our conversation here, I am a follower of Christ and I work here at Emmaus. I uh, love to lead people into worship. So, uh, those musical gifts, uh, husband, uh, uh, wife for 10 years, and then we've got four beautiful, crazy kids, and between all of the above, uh, it's a crazy life. Absolutely. Life is not boring whatsoever. And my hope is to make the subject that we are about to talk about not boring either in any way. Uh, so thanks for listening in. Today I want to approach the subject of discipleship as it relates to Christian fellowship. Now, fellowship, that term, it's such a churchy word. But what I mean by this, let, let me just kind of lay this out first. Fellowship, I'm talking about a biblical concept. In the New Testament, there's this Greek word, original context, there's this Greek term uh, that that speaks to many different aspects of it. But the term is, in Greek, koinonia. And the first appearance we have of this is in Acts 2.42, one of the scripture verses we're going to be talking through today. But it says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the koinonia, to the fellowship. Now, in the context, it actually is speaking of something much more than, hey, show up on a Sunday, say hi, only say the right things, uh, talk a little bit in the back, have some coffee, at least before covid um, and and then go home and don't talk to them uh, the rest of the week. That is not what this is speaking of. It's talking about this dynamic relationship of interaction between God and his people, so therefore believers and how they're sharing life together, which has a lot of different aspects. There's the, there is, of course, the spiritual, the, the physical, and the mental. It, it's all three of those things. But this Greek term captures in its ty- entirety um, a relationship that involves participation in certainly worship, not to take anything away from what we have on, say, Sunday mornings or when we're gathering, 
uh, but also sharing the spiritual blessings and giving to each other uh, uh, material blessings, um, helping one another out. I, I would just say in general, doing life together, and there's so much blessing in that. Anything to add there, Ben? You know, just as you're talking about that, um, my mind thinks in pictures. Um, yeah. Go figure, I guess I'm an artist. Um, and thinking of the picture of fellowship, you know, I think of the picture of marriage, too, where, mm-hmm. you know, if we were thinking of, of fellowship biblically, you know, it is kind of more of like this sharing life together. As, you know, contrast that with, you know, maybe uh, just a casual, hey, let's meet for coffee once. And you meet with the person and you share some conversations and then you walk away and you may see that person again. You may never see that person again. And I think that's kind of the way we treat fellowship in the church. You know, it's a it's a quick, casual encounter. Hey, how are you doing? Um, and you know that no marriage would last on that kind of right. relationship. And Certainly I, I think not have any church, depth to it, all of that. Yeah, the church is much more of that marital type of relationship where you're sharing life and you're getting into each other's noses a bit and you do it because you love one another. And that's yeah. uh, not as comfortable as we might want to think all the time. And sometimes I prefer... I'm a... I'm an introvert, so I like my wave from a distance and then go my own way. But, you know, God has so much more for us than just that. Yeah, and and you said it right there. God has so much more for us, and there is always risk and relationship in one way or another, and yet there is something to be gained. Not just something. There's so much to be gained uh, through uh, going deeper, growing together. So that takes me uh, to this point. The subject of discipleship as it relates to the church fellowship has a lot to do with our efforts, Ben, here at Emmaus. And I hope your church, um, <clears throat> whoever is listening to this, excuse me, our efforts concerning home group or small group fellowship within our church. Uh, why might you want to be a part of one at Emmaus or your church? Uh, why does it matter? Is this what God wants for you? And is it what God wants for our church? Well, we've been seeking the Lord on that. And, and to that we say, yes and yes. And here's where we're getting this. The Bible is the source for the church when it comes to authoritative truth. That we know. And and for the whole world. And it informs our activities and our focus and our goals and our purposes. And and believe me, the scriptures are filled with truth that helps us see the value of living life connected and healthy communities, doing life together, as I've said before. And, And truth that informs me that I need you and you need me, so to speak. And boy, in in a in in a time like never before where we are separated in so many ways, or, or there's a lot of barriers between us, uh, this is something that I want to re- reiterate to the church. And this is, and it's this, um, our, our safety matters, um, and, and we're taking every precaution we can. And yet there still are a lot of things we can do. Yes, we're thankful to be meeting in-house again, and we, we have some restrictions with it, but we're still able to do that. But we don't know what the future holds. But I tell you what, nothing could really stop us as a church from meeting the fellowship that we can, whether it's online, like via Zoom or something, or whether it's in smaller groups, because we need that fellowship. And so 
this is this is such an important time for us to be focusing on something like this. So anyway, um, Ben, can we look at a few of these verses that I've prepared for us? As I say on every podcast, it's mm-hmm. devotional in nature. We would love for you to open up um, a Bible, open up your app, and follow along with us as we're going through these scripture verses so you can be edified as we are going to be if you have that opportunity. If you're out on a run, I wouldn't expect you to be reading, although, no kidding, I've actually seen someone doing that before. That's impressive. I saw someone jogging with a book, and i never seen anything like it since. Man, that, that puts me to shame. Yeah, I was embarrassed for that person. Anyway, if you're listening to this podcast right now, we love you. Anyway, Hebrews 10... 24 through 25. Enough, enough of my tangents. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's start with that first part. There's a ton here. We're not going to get to all of it. And let us consider how to stir up one another, um, you know, influence one another, encourage one another. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, tell each other, hey, this is something that maybe you should be doing. Uh, m- maybe. Maybe this is something that we need and it's going to take someone to get behind us saying, hey, this is something you really need. Well, specifically, it's talking to love and good works. Um, But then it says not neglecting to meet together. And it admits even here in the early church at Jerusalem, which is the context, that some are kind of neglecting it. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, that couldn't be us, could it? Oh, man. Hmm. Ben, where do we start? Oh, man, so many places my mind could go with this. Um, When I think of the phrase, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, uh, I'm reminded of that's something that I need to be intentional to do, one, you know, have that on my radar, but also that's something I need to receive, Um, you know, as not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some. And I just think of, so many examples in my own life where, you know, I'm kind of cruising on my own and I think I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I don't really need, you know, too much from other people. And then just someone mentions just something offhand that, wow, why didn't I see that? Or, man, that really encourages me or challenges me that in this area I have been neglecting. You know, one example is I was at a Bible camp this summer hanging out and uh, I was chatting with uh, a guy who does worship ministry, uh, plays keyboards, and he just mentioned that when he was teaching some of his students piano lessons, he was convicted by the, impre- the improvement they had made on their scales. Mm. And he's like, oh my goodness, Lord have mercy, I have not been practicing my own. You know, and just that encouragement that he had, that experience challenged me like, wow, am I really, am I really spurring myself on to grow in excellence in the way that I serve in this particular area? And that's just one small example of like, how do we think we can get by on our own? Yeah. Yeah, it's such a lie to think that we've got this, we've got it on our own. It only takes, you know, one crisis, so to speak, to remind us that, no, we need each other. Uh, During this whole pandemic, I've I've never been so 
thrilled to have a family at my side, and not everyone has that. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's not in the po- it, that's not the point in me bringing this up. My point is that we need even something beyond that. Yes, that's right. Even beyond family, uh, even beyond friendship, we need a fellowship that is eternal. And and that's that is Ben why it relates so well to that picture of marriage. There's something mm-hmm. so much more that God has for us here on earth, and, and so we're we're speaking of something that is both a part of the seen and unseen here. It's a fellowship that goes beyond something, you know, physical we do together, and yet that's such an important aspect here. And um, it's in, it, it's interesting that it goes on to then to say, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see mm-hmm. the day drawing near. And that day is speaking of the last days when Christ will return. It's speaking of a, a day that we will all see, which is eternity. Um, that day's coming, and there are difficult days here now and still to come, and we're going to need the encouragement of one another. Now, I want to move on to Matthew 18.20 because there's going to be some things and the, these other scriptures that we're getting to that will relate to all of the above. And so again, uh, if you're listening, Matthew 18.20, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Mm. Here's a first thought. Could it be that Jesus is also highlighting that even in a small group, even in a smaller gathering, we're, we're all about lots of people gathering. I mean, it's popular to be a part of a big gathering, that sort of thing. But could it be that when it's even just this, you know, sweet koinonia of, of, of people together meeting in a home, could it be that Jesus has something uniquely special? His Spirit's going to do something uniquely special. Um, Obviously, it's speaking towards people gathering. In other words, you don't just do this Christian life on your own. It's not just about one-to-one relationship. It is in, 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 in aspects of individual personal relationship with God. But you don't do the Christian life on your own. Why? Because God has something so much more for us together. We can accomplish more. Uh, by one example, what's going through your mind then as you as you consider these words? Well, you know, I was listening to a podcast this morning, not this one, sorry. <clears throat> um, and they were talking about Old Testament and Chronicles and how the whole book of Chronicles is wrapped around the idea of, well, one of the ideas is the people of God being united, mm. the people of Israel at that point in time. And man, it's so easy in our Western culture to individualize. Christianity, to think mm-hmm. that it's me and Jesus, and that's all that it is, and that's and, all that I need. Yeah, that's right. I don't need. I don't need this whole church. It's an organization, a man-made structure. Well, no. Um, it's other places in the world don't struggle with this. God designed yep. us to be in relationship, as He is in relationship, and so I mean that's kind of where my mind goes. Is like we're two or three gathered together in my name. There I am among them, and like. That should be our, our sense of identity. I'm a believer. I'm a member of this family. Uh, so yeah, there's something very special when it's a group gathered. And it doesn't have to be large, I think. Sometimes the smaller groups are much more intimate. 
Yeah, speaking of that, one thing that comes to mind for me is that we easily, on our own, get stuck in ruts. We do this mm -hmm. with devotions, we do it with uh, our spiritual life, and, and I'm speaking of aspects like um, uh, whether or not we're following the ways and the Word of God in our lives, uh, whether it becomes a struggle and a burden uh, when we struggle with sin in our lives, that sort of thing. And uh, certainly Matthew 18.20 speaks to that. Um, we get into ruts because we think we got it on our own. I mean, truthfully. Mm -hmm. But when we're open and we're vulnerable with one another and we're in fellowship where people... Boy, there's actually some accountability. Absolutely. There's something that are, is just rejected in the culture in which we, we live. It's, it's something that no one seems to want, and yet we all know deep down inside we need it. And, and, and here we, we see this, that there is something unique that God has for us, um, and His presence is there in a unique way. It's a manifest presence uh, that is something unique. And it certainly speaks to this next uh, scripture passage, which is Acts 2, 42 through 47. If you know anything about the subject, you probably figure we're going here at some point. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Here we're in the early church setting in the city of Jerusalem, and it's talking about these apostles who are establishing the church just after Jesus has gone to heaven. And, and and many thousands, in fact, are coming to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, as I like to say. And it says this is what they devoted themselves to. Listen to it. I already alluded to this scripture earlier, but it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, you know, the word of God and, and the preaching of that word and, and then the admonition of uh, that, that word. And then it says right away to the koinonia. And then it explains to the breaking of bread, like uh, like doing dinner, and to the prayers. Uh, that could mean the hymns or songs or worship and prayer, all of the above, actually. And then it says this, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. That, that doesn't mean like they were practicing communism. <laughs> it, it means they were, they were together, they were unified, and they were helping one another out as there was need. And then it goes on to talk about that. And, and it talks about their glad and generous hearts. And it's, it talks about how because of this, then, they were growing. So out of these, these fellowship groups, these home groups actually, it says the Lord is adding to their number day by day. And people are being saved. It's not about numbers, but when it's about souls, it is about numbers. And people, um, people coming into the fellowship and growing together, um, boy, that just, that just builds upon you know, more growth and, and more excitement and, and God doing more in more people. And uh, what a picture of what um, I'll just call home group can build within a church. Any thoughts? Man, you know, I think of just the, the beauty and the enticing description, you know, of how awe was coming upon every soul. Uh, wonders and signs are being done. Um, and they were daily attending together, uh, going to the temple and breaking bread in their homes. And they had glad and generous hearts. They were praising God and 
all of that is, is a picture of, to me, the, the gift of fellowship. Like this is this is not, you know, some stringent requirement that the Lord puts on us. Yeah. It is His gift to mm-hmm. us that we could be a part of this community, and it saddens me to see in my own heart how I kind of, yeah, I'm good. I resist that gift. Like that's insane. Yep. Yep. God is so gracious, so good to give us fellowship, and that might look like home groups. It might look, you know, whatever it be, but. Boy, in my own heart, is there any of that attitude that's just saying, you know, God, I don't want that gift. And boy, how tragic that that's within me. What could we be missing out on Mm -hmm. that God has always intended to bless us with, but because of our unwillingness, sometimes it's actually pride, and it's just this lack of humility. Other times it's just, you know, we covet our time. And time can actually become an idol. Mm. And because time becomes an idol in so many ways, uh, we say no to some things we really should be saying yes to. Or maybe we should be saying no to some other things and and prioritizing this kind of koinonia. Uh, just a challenge for us. And we couldn't exhaust Acts 2.42, but it really speaks for itself. This is what the early church devoted themselves to in fellowship. And that is how it grew. It's not because of the groups. right? It's because of the work of the Spirit. But I could just go back to what might we be missing out on when we are saying no to something that God wants to bless us in, uh, in community and fellowship. Um, could it be that what God has for us is incredible growth, people coming to know Jesus personally, being saved and knowing the salvation of Jesus, if only we would gather together and offer opportunity, not only for us, but for other people to come and join in true koinonia. And, and by that I mean um, have a place to fit in and connect to where they can be discipled. What a what a what an awesome picture. Absolutely, and it you know, just even in the days in which we live, where you know in public gatherings you have to maintain the social distance, you have to have a mask, and so just the me- mechanics of you know we might think we can come to church once a week and receive this kind of fellowship. But now that, you know, COVID comes, and it's even more clear, like, yeah. that's not even possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how much greater than the need in this day and age to have uh, an alternate way of fellowshipping together, um, in my opinion, that goes beyond the capabilities of a one hour in the middle of the week in a large gathering. But, you know, our small groups just afford such a more intimate setting, mm-hmm. uh, more life shared together, because um, I can smile at church Sunday morning all day long. Um, but man, when you see the kids run, tearing around the house and all the, the joys and challenges that are just there in front of you, like that's a much more real uh, relationship and depth. And, and let me just kind of add, there is a certain fear to being in an intimate group setting mm-hmm. to even giving of our time to something like this. And that's that's natural, that's our flesh, all those things. We 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 can we can admit that. But man, 
there, there is so much to gain through this, despite it maybe not being the easiest thing for you or, or yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much there that I believe God has for us. Um, I think about um, the alternative, being lonely, not having someone to share your, your, your concerns, not really having um, people in your life uh, that you can go any deeper than just the, talking about the weather. Or, or right. I mean, that's not life. God has no. so much more for us. And yeah, there's a certain risk to it, but that risk is is worth it, and God has so much more for us. Uh, the next uh, scripture passage is actually Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. I hope you can read this along with us. It says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, talking about the church, this specifically written to the church as, at Ephesus, which had, had seen um, incredible growth, um, the whole body joined and held together by every joint, interesting, every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. There's actually a couple of aspects I want to pinpoint here. We need everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a role. It's about the whole body. We're not going to accomplish what God has for us if we're not all together and joined together, so to speak. Not for the sake of unity, but in unity for the glory of God. But also, it says, working properly. And it almost makes... It kind of alludes to this idea that it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In other words, without this happening, there isn't going to be what God has always intended for us. Does that make sense, Ben? Yeah, it does. And again, man, I find myself in this kind of a that category of people that naturally resist. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, take the time. Like we've said, I don't want to gather together. And one of the things that the Spirit has been just impressing upon me is, you know, if God were to promise to you that he would draw you near, that you would have a much more vital, intimate relationship with him, if you would allow him to lead you in a certain direction, would you take that? Hands down, it's like, yeah, I want that no matter what it might be. I just want that intimacy. I want that relationship with Christ to be more vital and thriving. Well, here he is laying it out, you know. That's in the context of his church, in this kind of a fellowship, where I find myself joined, held together to others when I am functioning properly. I'm like, man, then sign me up. Like, if that's the way God has designed this life to be, um, that's what I want. And then that just brings me to the reality of that the end of the verse makes the body grow like that is also part of his purpose for our church or this that his church in general is like man if i'm willing to be joined to the body of christ whatever that might look like it's going to cause his kingdom to grow wow awesome the growth within, in other words, spiritual growth, uh, something that's very necessary for us all. In fact, God calls us 
it, it's an ongoing thing always. We're, we don't we didn't arrive when we accepted Christ or or were found in Him. No, there, it's constant growth. I believe that even into eternity, but also growing together, growing in fellowship, and then, of course, growing as more and more people come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And you can't do that without unity. John 13, 34 and 35 speaks to this. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, Jesus speaking again. You also are to love one another by this... All people will know that you are my disciples. Mm. Think about this. Here's an aspect I don't often think about when I think about a verse like this. If we don't want to be together, whoa, something is seriously wrong with the body. Mm -hmm. If we cannot function together, if we cannot get along, if we are so wanting to avoid <laughs> fellowship or koinonia that that we refuse it. What does that say about us? According to John 13, 34, and 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. Yeah. And we don't even want to be together. We don't even really want to spend time or give the time to be together. If we are known by our love for each other, not just our love, by our love for each other, then man... Mm -hmm. The church needs revival. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm not saying this to force someone into it. Mm -hmm. That's no way to approach this subject. What I'm saying is, as we reflect on our own hearts and our own motivations, we have to say, whoa, wow. <laughs> I do struggle with this, and I need to understand that even my neighbor needs me <laughs> to be an example of mm. this kind of love because that's that's how they'll see the grace of Christ. And this, I'm afraid to say it, but this is a struggle in the church today like never before. And it's not because of hardship. It's you know, generally speaking, at at least now we're not experiencing incredible amounts of hardship or persecution. That's actually that's actually what drew the early church together at yeah, one point. Um, maybe that's why we don't feel this need in mm. a certain extent. Yep. But I'm not just talking about the, the problem in the church here. This is an encouragement to us, Ben. Mm -hmm. This is how people will know you, know the grace and love of Christ by your love for each other. What, what, what's on your mind when we speak? You know, what comes to mind when we speak of this? Well, just imagine, you know, by this all people. This is Jesus saying, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So, imagining this scenario playing out. You know, you're out at Cub Foods, mm -hmm. you're shopping. And um, maybe you bump into somebody from the church or a small group, and you just exchange a few words. And then the people that are, you know, in the checkout aisle next to you, be like, "Are you from? A, are you from Emmaus?" Because those, I know that that group, like, loves each other in a way yeah. that blows yeah. my mind. Like, that's kind of what I think Jesus is saying here. Is like, this is the distinguishing feature. They will know you. 
They will pick you out as the people who go or that are part of that fellowship because of the way you love one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally, man, that is blows my mind. It that is such an important picture to look at as as we think about uh, this scripture passage. And you know, I think about some of some of the friendships that I've had from from being a little kid. The, the ones that have been rooted and grounded in Christ, something deeper than just hobbies we've shared or that sort of thing. Guys that I can call up today, and it's, it's like nothing has changed since, since high school, so to speak. It's those who I share Jesus with mm-hmm. that I have that kind of relationship with, which is yeah. a picture. And when we're together, it, it's, <laughs> it's contagious. The, sure. the the laughs the 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 the, the good times the, the the fellowship the koinonia we share there there's another picture of that that's noticeable people see that and when it's real it boy I mean like I said it's 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 noticeable uh, the last verse and then we're going to close it's Acts 5:42 listen to what it says and every day in the temple and from house to house. Mm. In the temple, they, they didn't neglect you know, going to the temple, although if Jesus lives within us, his spirit is within us, and, and, and there is no place to gather physically, if he is within us and our body is the temple, we don't have to go to a, central meeting place but they didn't mm-hmm. neglect that why because there there is a place to be meeting together and yet right. what it also adds is every day they were meeting house to house too because uh, there was this real koinonia it says in everything whether house to house or in the temple they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. In other words, wow. he was the center of their fellowship, inside and out. That's what we want for the church, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. It's what God wants for the church. I, I take that back. It's what God wants for the church, and we want to see our fellowship grow in that. Any thoughts? Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, wow. What would that look like? You know, we gather in the temple, so to speak, in the, in the church, that central place. Um, you know, and if we gather house to house, how much greater, but, you know, even just that last phrase, not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Where, you know, it's not even necessarily, we're gathering um, to have little parties. It's gathering to teach and encourage and admonish one another. And how could that not cause just an explosion of God's kingdom? Exactly, and we 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 don't have to uh, we don't have to wait. If if we are to commit ourselves to something like this, we will see that growth because God will be at work. He promises that He will be at work, um, just as He is at work in us every single day. Uh, well said, Ben. I think that's a great place to close. Before I have you pray, if that's all right, I mm-hmm. uh, just want to remind people, if you, if, if you enjoy these podcasts, please share them. Please please like them. If, if you don't mind, give us a five-star rating. That helps it get out to more 
of people and make it available for more people to see. You can also find them, of course, maybe you're listening to it on our YouTube page. Uh, you can subscribe. Um, you, can, you can make some comments and that sort of thing. And uh, you can like it there as well. And so we would love if you did that. It helps the ministry out in that sense and uh, encouraging you to do that now. Uh, as we close, boy, we, we scoured over these scriptures. I want to encourage you uh, to go back to them. Maybe, maybe quick rewind and go back to the scriptures and consider it yourself and, and then respond to it. In August uh, here, if you're listening to this recording, it, it could be years later, it could be months in advance. But if you're listening to this recording this week uh, at the end of July here, we really want you to pray about and engage in upcoming home group fellowship. And we're going to give you that opportunity uh, here coming up in the next few weeks. And we're looking for more leaders to be a part of this ministry here at Emmaus. If you're listening to this and you live within uh, our community, we want you to be involved in it too. And, and so we just want to uh, continue to reiterate that to you and to our congregation. Uh, you can contact the church very easily. Find information on our website, Emmaus Lutheran, that's E-M-M-A-U-S-L-U-T-H-E-R-A-N dot org. And you can find all sorts of information there. Contact us through that or call us here at the church at 952-884-4751. One. Ben, would you take us out with some prayer? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your promise. I think of Isaiah 55, that your word, uh, the verses that we've read come from your word, uh, accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you send it. And I pray right now for every person listening, hearing this podcast at this moment, that your word these verses that we have read would prick our hearts, would prick their hearts, would be speaking to them. Holy Spirit, we need you to do that work, to apply it to our hearts. And I, God, I pray if these people are people from uh, this church, may us that you would uh, just put on their heart a longing desire for this fellowship, of, for whoever is listening, wherever they are, that they would have now within them a hunger to know you more than anything else and a desire to to follow you in your call and your gift to be a part of a, a local gathering of believers. Lord, we think and just pray through this passage in Ephesians 4. Lord, rather, would we be speaking the truth in love? May we grow up, Jesus, in every way into you. You are the head, you, Christ. May we, from the whole body, be joined and held together. We pray for that unity. We pray against Satan and his attempts to bring division. We also pray that you would break down idols and strongholds of pride and maybe of idols of time or whatever that would be that we would say, mm, no, thank you, God, I prefer this. Would you break those down so that we would be equipped, working properly together so that your church, your body, your kingdom would grow and build itself up in love. And we rely on you, Jesus, to do that work in us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.